0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
1: Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your co-host, Mark Schindler. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Jake Rosen. Uh, we are coming at you on today's Sunday. We'll probably have it out today. Um, happy Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving to everyone. Jake, how was your Thanksgiving? I hope everything's well on your end, man.
0: Pretty relaxing. A lot of family time and a lot of basketball. Um, good to catch up with some old friends, but we were talking off there. <laughs> I think the first thing you said to me only came on, like, I watched a lot of basketball, and I think – that's probably relatable on my end as well.
1: Yeah. Uh Thanksgiving was a Thanksgiving. There were good moments for bad moments. Uh yes, a lot of basketball. Shout out to Matthew Loves Ball. My uh Instat stopped letting me download games uh for whatever reason. Like I can still like it let me download three. And then I was trying to download all of Jaden Ivey's games and they were like, no, not today. So I ended up watching a bunch of stuff on Matthew Loves Ball on my way home yesterday. Shout out to him and roaming data. Otherwise, I would have been absolutely screwed for catching up on stuff uh, because I never have time to watch anything live. But yeah, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, I think the the best starting point, obviously, I mean, the reason we want to do this pod is to talk about uh, Duke Gonzaga and UCLA Gonzaga, two of the biggest matchups that. Happened in college basketball and just some prospects uh, for prospect watching in general over the last week. Um, I think we can start with with Duke Zaga because that was most prescient that just happened most recently. Obviously, Duke won. Um, There's a lot to take away from this game, man. This was uh, like I mean, it was it's what's going to be kind of built as the Palo game. I feel like moving forward. And I think a lot of people will maybe try and use it for some chat drawbacks too, which we'll get into. I'm not sure that I entirely agree with some of the takeaways, but um, I guess first thing I'd ask you, man, I mean, what is, what is your biggest takeaway coming, coming away from this game? Or what's it out to you the most?
0: Uh, I mean, it has to be Paulo, um, First of all, I think he played the best. I mean, obviously Mark Williams, will get into him, but mm-hmm. as, as far as the, and Wendell Moore as well, but as far as I think Duke's two top guys are, Keels and Paula um, keel struggled a little bit which I think if you look at the matchup um, it's a little bit expected but and obviously we'll dive into all that but man Paula's shot making and just offense versatility was off the charts and I tweeted like obviously the makes are one thing and it looks cool and they're really going in but seeing Paula take uh, pull up three and stride transition that little one two he had from NBA range on the wing in transition catch and shoot from the corner I'm just seeing him get it off in a wide variety of ways after being a little bit shy from deep to start was awesome. Uh, The self-creation, obviously, he had the play where he put Chet in the rim. I think that just goes to show, like, I don't know how you guard him, really, especially at the college level. He's going to space you out like that. He has the handle. The mid-range shot-making is so polished. Um, The offensive skill set is well beyond his years. I like that he actually threw, like, a nice lob in transition. Um, Obviously, we're still waiting to see the half-court passing come around a little bit, but, you know, baby steps. Um, But, yeah, the shot-making and offensive handling – and then the finishing at the rim, the touch, the strength, the ball skills, his size and height, um I'm, kind of left me speechless at times.
1: Yeah. Uh I think what I I've loved the most from him is you know, I just, I mean, I didn't watch this EYBL stuff. That's something I want to go back to before the draft happens. Um, as you know, and anybody else does. Like I I'm still relatively new to, to 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 you know getting priors and stuff uh coming into college. So I had this idea that that Powell was gonna come in and be this uh Mid post jab step, uh crazy guy who was gonna be obviously very good. And he does have a lot of those aspects in his game. Jab step awesome. I love watching guys who are good at jab stepping do it. Um, but what I've most loved is the way that he attacks from the perimeter and how he's really focusing, especially in transition. If he doesn't have the ball, he's spotting up. He's getting to his spot. Um, like he didn't like he had I guess you could say like and off the dribble three, but most of it is coming out of like, you know, one 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 dribble or, or right into a um like a step in off of off of transition. I've absolutely loved that from him. The shot looks really clean. It's been good. Um like you mentioned though, with some of the half court stuff, I'm really interested to see how that starts to evolve with him. We talked about it earlier. We're never gonna see him in a DHO, unfortunately, because Coach K, but like, I mean, there's stuff like the um Theo John had somebody like, I think he had uh, Julian Strother, like extremely well sealed, like per like textbook seal in the post. Powell looked right at him and missed it. Uh, Part of it, yes, late shot clock. So, you know, you're trying to figure out where you're going with it. But I think it does. It it was kind of a microcosm of showing some of uh, where we want to see growth from him as a half-court facilitator because it hasn't quite been there yet this year. Like, we know that there's there's some stuff in the background. He clearly has the passing chops, and like you mentioned, he did have that really nice slob to Mark Williams. Um, but I want to see more from that. I, I still was extremely impressed with him, too. And I thought defensively, I saw some people saying that they thought his defense was, was not good. I thought he played pretty damn well defensively. Um, I thought he was a lot more active in help in this game than we saw in the U.K. game earlier this year. So I was pretty impressed with him overall. He just had he had a hell of a game.
0: Yeah, with the defense, I don't think he's ever going to be a negative in the NBA. Um, I think Paolo and if correct. I mean, obviously, you're saying you're behind on the priors, but for the people listening, Paolo was sort of billed like very, very early as this two way, very polished four man who was technically sound. And I think people have kind of felt that that defense has betrayed him over the years as he's added these ball skills and expanded his offensive repertoire, but I still think he's going to be an above average four uh, defender. I think he moves pretty well for his size. He is instinctual. Um, and I don't, maybe he is not going to be the plus plus defender and low man that we once thought he was. And maybe that hinders his ability to play small ball five. And I was kind of lower on that in the first place, but as a four man, who I think is going to be able to body up the bigger forwards can slide with like your six, nine stretch fours, um, I think he's agile enough to play with some smaller fours that are going to try to stretch the floor and take him off the bounce. Yeah. I mean, I think he's not perfect on that end, but I don't think he's bad by any means. And I would be cautious to, you know, have that as one of the major drawbacks for him as a prospect, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, one thing, well, I want to talk about some more of the Duke guys before we transition to talking about Gonzaga, uh, and then into the UCLA game. But, um, I know, you know, we talked about this prior on on Keels came in as a real shooter. That just hasn't been the case yet. I, I know it's a small sample size still. I think seven games, 37% from the floor, 30% from three. He's taking it. He's confident. So I appreciate that. I am like at the same time, though, it's got to hit. Like, we got to see it. But um, the defense has been really, really damn good still. Uh, and I've just been really impressed with his pick and roll playmaking. Uh like one of the things I was curious about with Duke coming in was okay, they don't really technically have a point guard. You know, it's Keels and Wendell Moore in the backcourt. Uh I mean, I guess you can say Jeremy Roach. I'm not really a big Jeremy Roach guy, but um I, I think that they've just had enough in terms of secondary creation on top of what Powell brings that it it just works. And we saw that against Gonzaga. Um, but Keels is is probably their best pick and roll playmaker. Like he he really continues to impress with that. He threw some like he's a really good lot passer. Um, he hit Mark Williams a few times. Uh, overall, I've just really enjoyed his pacing and craft in the half court too. Uh, obviously, it needs to result in better scoring, but overall I have been really impressed with his playmaking from there. Um, Mark, I mean, if you have anything to go on,
0: Keels. Yeah, no, I just wanted to emphasize the pace. Like I love that you brought that up in the pick and roll, and I think that stood out since game one. Um, his ability to use his size and frame to get guys on his hip, put them in compromising positions, and then kind of – put the big man in a cat and mouse game where, hey, are you gonna to commit to me? I'm gonna throw it up to Mark Williams, who's probably one of the best lob catchers in college basketball. And if not, I'm gonna use my touch and craft to get to a step back, get to a sidestep, or just hit a floater. Um, again, he is a below the rim athlete. And I think that showed against Gonzaga. And that was like one of my biggest takeaways. It showed his limitations as a finisher around the rim especially when guys like Chet were contesting Um, just the verticality was too overwhelming. And obviously Chet is overwhelming for most guys, but especially someone like keels who was going to rely on his strength, to displace guys at the rim. And he's had a lot of really impressive contact finishes throughout the year, but in terms of consistency, that's something I would like to see him maybe add some craft some scoop finishes, some revert, like inside hand tuck away reverses. I'm um, just tough to counter the lack of athleticism. Again, no prospect is perfect, especially when we're talking about someone who's gonna be, is in like well, mid first late lottery range right now. Um, they're gonna have their drawbacks, but yeah, with Keels, I'm more optimistic on the shooting just cause I've seen it. Um, he's someone I've watched very closely through all four years of high school and AAU and touches buttery soft. Um, I know he's taking a lot of tough threes and think that was, still a case in high school a lot of off the dribble stuff a lot of deep range so i think it will come around the fall but i do understand your reservations um especially if he is going to be a combo scorer who's going to space the floor but um yeah i remain pretty optimistic on keels you want to talk about wendell moore because i thought you you tried to you tried to sell me on wendell moore after game one and i had just been too traumatized by the two prior years to buy into it but wendell moore looks like a guy and he looks really damn good for duke
1: Yeah, um, this, I mean, I remember I watched him a little bit last year and in in the year prior when I was watching Cassius Stanley and I just wasn't really like, I was like, okay, he's a big RSCI guy and that's really all I have. Um, His jump in efficiency this year has been ridiculous. Again, small sample size, but it's been enough where you're like, okay, this is something. Shot 48% from two last year, 44% as a freshman, shooting almost 73% on twos this year. And a lot of it is off. Just tough makes on the inside. Like obviously he's hitting some of his pull ups from two, which I like honestly. Like I think he's good enough of, of a pull up shooter to pull up, pull up shoot geez, pull up two shooter where it's like okay maybe that's something. Um, but the 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 finishes through contact have been really impressive, and you saw that against against Gonzaga and even against Shed a few times. I thought, uh, and we've seen that throughout. Um, he's played against good rim protectors and had good finishes like that, just really good flashes. Uh, And he's getting to the line too, which has been tremendous. Uh, I'm trying to look up his free throw rate right now. Um,
0: I mean, yeah,
1: 30.1. It's not anything crazy, but considering, you know, what his shot diet is looking like, I've been impressed with it. I don't think that the playmaking is anything crazy, but considering what his, um, you know, how much he has the ball and what his scoring gravity has looked like, I have kind of liked it. He's just been very good attacking off the second side um I've, I've really really loved how fit in with the offense um still have questions okay is the shot going to be a little bit better from outside because that's been a question in prior years it's been better this year still below average but he's taking it um but ultimately yeah i mean just is looking at somebody who's a, a, a scoring wing who provides a little bit um i'm less high on his defense the on ball is cool he falls asleep off ball a lot um but he's he's I mean, he's really rising up for me. Would you say – I mean, he, he's looked like a first-rounder right now to a degree. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I agree. Um, I was trying to do uh, just a very nonchalant – what guys do we have right now? Um, mm. And he was probably in the top 30. Um, just uh, It's very, very early. Yeah. But I think – I mean, look, you mentioned he's shooting 73, 72.5% from two from now, which is just a major outlier compared to his freshman and sophomore year. A lot of that I can't I think is attributed to him getting to the rim more and finishing there. He's always mm-hmm. been like this janky wing with ball skills who can flash. I think it's gonna, it's reasonable to expect a dip and regression All back sure. down to the mean as uh, a pull-up mid-range shooter. I'd love to see what he's shooting there and hop on synergy later and see those numbers because it feels like everything's going in. Um, yeah. He's one to two dribble mid-range pull-ups. and. Although I I don't think he's that level of guy in the first place. And I think he's just off to a really hot streak right now. So it'll be interesting to monitor his overall efficiency and how that dips. And I mean, he's averaging 17 points a game or 17.9 points a game right now. It's like basically 18 a game on 12 shots, which is just pretty ridiculous. Um, And that doesn't feel entirely sustainable to someone who isn't just eating free throw attempts or a big knockdown three point shooter. I'm less worried about the shooting like from deep um, he's always been a very good uh, free throw shooter and he's getting them up 4.6 attempts per game and shooting 34%. That's fine to me. Um, if you if were to finish the year like that, it, I don't think it would be a positive, but I'm not sure. I don't think it would be a negative. Yeah. Positive.
1: It wouldn't be like a hindrance. To me. It's just that person yeah. where it's like, you want to see it be a little bit better.
0: Yep. I actually think I'm a little bit higher than you in the passing. I think some of his pick and roll playmaking is really impressive. Um, he made a couple, he made one really nice play out of pick and roll in the second half of that game. Um, he's decisive. He's a little bit creative. And like you said, he's been really good at a second side. Um, So if he's going to shoot it off the catch and offer that second side playmaking and be able to finish at the rim, um, like you said, the off ball defense to be tightened up a little bit, Um, but yeah, he's interesting to me. I'm not ready to like declare him as this super jump, um, especially until we see more games and the pull-up shooting and where that trends either, if it stays somehow or if it goes back down to what we sort of expect. But yeah, I mean, it looks like a guy. And I was not ready to say that um, after to the Champions Classic when we first did that pod.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what just stood out to me with him. I mean, uh, it's it's happening against NBA-level competition. Obviously, we're, we're going to watch throughout ACC play and see what it looks like. But um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think him and Keels are going to be really interesting to track and how they kind of both even out uh as the year goes on and what that looks like for them but yeah we're we're in lockstep with that uh looking at the rest of do I mean we haven't talked about Mark Williams yet uh I was gonna say, we have in retrospect like uh I thought in some ways who who do you think was the better rim protector in the game him or Chet I'm not saying in terms of like actual NBA talent but I mean I'm,
0: I think context is very very
1: key yeah of course um,
0: and especially when we're talking about Mark Williams, and that was going to be my whole spiel. And we're, I think both of us were very into Mark Williams as like a top 40 guy, maybe even mm-hmm. a first potential late first guy. Um, some Just some with his tools, uh, the movement skills can you know, hold up and he can get a little bit more like quick twitchy. Um, but the hand-eye coordination is incredible. He's a very reliable lob catcher. He, he's been a pretty patient around the rim. He had one like really cool pass in their game against Citadel, I think it was, like off an inbounds play just like flashes some interesting interesting things um and he really took a jump at, like as a senior in high school when i saw him at hoop fest he was really impressive um i just want to pump the brakes a little bit because yeah. i've seen him getting a lot of like he was the mvp of the game and from a college basketball standpoint 100 he was absolutely incredible he dominated around the rim on both ends but mark williams struggled early in the year with oscar shibwe because Oscar is just incredibly strong and Oscar's probably the best rebound in the NCAA. Don't get me wrong, but he got pushed around by someone who he was had a couple of inches on in their game against Campbell. Mark got played off the floor because they were stretching the floor and it was to do disadvantage to play him out there. And he couldn't gain enough back on offense to make it worthwhile. It doesn't sh- shock me that. And look, I love Chet. He's number two on my board. i remain remained very, very high on him. He's not someone that's going to punish you around the rim per se drew timmy is a very ideal matchup for mark williams um he was able to stay patient on his footwork and just absolutely engulf him with the size and, and like tools and timmy is not someone who has nba athleticism he's a below the rim athlete and a damn good college basketball player but and, and mark williams was incredible don't get me wrong but i do just want to make sure we're analyzing this through the right lens from an nba prospect perspective and look at who he was facing, why it was a very favorable matchup to begin with, and why he looked so good on tape. I don't want to take anything away from him, but just context is very key.
1: Yeah, no, 100%, man. Uh, I didn't really think there was a lot of – like the the best way to put it is that Gonzaga didn't really have the guys to put him in an opportune situation. I think this is kind of what you're getting at, and I would agree with that. Um, He was really comfortable just playing in a – mostly tight drop like he played a little bit close to the level of times but mostly you know you're not asking him to do a ton of crazy stuff he's just kind of being mark williams on the court and that was tremendous um i what 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 i want to talk about is less about the, the defense and more about the offense like i was extremely impressed in how well he runs the floor which sounds like something Fran for would say but yeah. like honestly like uh and i think this is not meant as a detriment to chat we were talking about this uh with our guy ben pfeiffer the other day like one of the things with Chet that stands out is his movement skills are not amazing. And I think you saw that in him struggling a little bit with that against Mark Williams, because Mark just flat out outran him down the court the majority of the time in the game. And that's not everything, but I think part of it too is, I mean, Mark is an incredibly fast straight line guy for somebody who's seven feet tall, but I've, it felt like almost all of his buckets were, were off of just, you know, getting quick, getting post seal or, or just getting a quick lob in transition. Um, but also i think it's important too like you're mentioning with context like i saw somebody throw out like mark williams top 5 and was like i don't know about that um <laughs> like this is he is a very interesting prospect as a rim runner but i don't really see that like i don't even know if i would be ready to say lottery or anything like that like that's no 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 that sounds I mean, like a lot I don't to think
0: so. yeah Yeah. No, um, I, don't think so. I, don't, I think we're both on lockstep i think this is actually a good segue into the zaga guys because so there was actually a little disagreement in the group chat um by when you're talking about Chet's movement skills, are you referring to straight line stuff uh in terms of like a rim running line? Yeah, in terms of straight line stuff, I don't think he's super fast. Um, I agree with you there because the lateral stuff, um, and that's where I was going to disagree, while he's not technically sound, and I think you saw some of that in the UCLA game, especially when it was came to like closing out on jump shooters, um, in which he was pretty jumpy and allowed some blow bys or just like pump and lean in. Um, not very technically sound, but in terms of moving and covering ground and sliding with guys, I actually think he's pretty damn good. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that's an issue for him moving forward. I think it was wildly evident in FIBA, um, his his ability to play multiple coverages, play drop or get to the level and recover. Um, he did that against UCLA, an awesome pick and roll possession where he hedged out Ju Juzang, made him completely veer out of the pick and roll and then recovered to contest at the rim. So I, I just did want to clarify that I'm pretty high on like the lateral and the half court stuff, but yes, uh, he is not very fast in just a straight line sprint as a rim runner or recovering back on defense.
1: Well, yeah. And what, what kind of stands out to this is uh, both games. If I remember correctly, I think against UCLA, like he only ended up with three fouls in both games, but he got into early foul trouble, both games and had to get pulled early. And that was a problem for Gonzaga. Um Obviously, I mean, you know, they they beat the shit out of UCLA, so it's different. But in, in terms of that, that is something that you want to see. Like, the, uh, he does need to kind of work on, uh, like like you're saying, technique and, and not jumping as, as, at as much. But also, like, yeah, dude, he's like 19 years old. So it's going to take time. But I agree. I think, you know, you're not going to be asking him to go and play out on guard. So I don't really care about what the lateral quickness looks like against guys like that. Like, playing up against front court matchups, he has not had a problem at all in terms of sliding and what he's going to look like with that. So, uh, I agree. But but yes, the uh, in terms of just talking about straight line speed like that has been uh, it, it's definitely stood out um, because like you saw, I mean, Duke just absolutely blitz Gonzaga out of the gates. I it, it felt like Gonzaga should have been down like 15 at halftime. Um, part of it was like, I mean, they were good at getting back and they, they hung tight on offense too. But I mean, Duke was just like, okay, we're going to live in transition, and I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to key in on that as the season goes on, so we'll see more from there, but uh, yes. Um, for for other stuff with Gonzaga, and, and well, I mean, we can talk more. What else did you have on chat? I didn't mean to skip ahead.
0: So where do you stand on his frame with regards to interior defense, and are you ready to bring some nuance to the discussion with me and dispel yeah. some narratives?
1: Um, I'm kind of tired of hearing about how skinny Chet is. I'm sure you're feeling the same. Uh, it's it's the only thing that gets brought up on a broadcast. Like, I swear to God, Jay Billis gave this dude a different height and weight measurement like seven times during the game. Um, and well, I mean, to, to his credit, he didn't really say that much about him having to get stronger. So I appreciate that. But like, everything is oh, he needs to be stronger, he needs to be this, he needs to be that. I'm like, we knew that coming in. Like, no, of course we knew that. And also, too, like, how many times does it matter? I think the only time where it has really reared its head was when Paolo threw his ass into the basket. And uh, that's partially because it's Paolo Banchero. Like, I mean, Banchero. Uh, like, Palo is built like Chris Webber, dude. I mean, of course he's going to throw somebody into the rim. I think he's going to do that to just about just about anybody at the next level. And here's my thing where I get hung up with on that. Well, I think you can look at the way that the NBA is being officiated now and saying that there's going to be more leeway with that, it just doesn't matter that much to me because how many guys are you worried about actually doing that that have the same height, weight, athleticism as a guy like Powell that are going to be able to do that to Chet? Like, okay, Demonis Sabonis, Joel Embiid, but also I think you're going to say like he's not going to be playing those guys one on one in the NBA. Like, ideally, he's going to be a help side room protector who's playing more at the four. And I think we'll talk about that more with the offense too, but. I, I do think it has been a little bit disingenuous, like so often whenever we talk about prospects, it comes down to what is this guy doing one on one? And the, the point is, like, how like I mean, less than 10 percent of a game is a guy really coming down to playing somebody one on one. A lot of it is coming down to how they play in a team defensive system. Obviously, the one on one skills do matter to a degree, but I think they get massively oversold. And we're seeing that with Chad already.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. How many times has it mattered? Because I clipped UCLA tried to post him up three different times. Um, two of them were Miles Johnson, and I'm blanking on who the and Miles Johnson is
1: tremendous post player. And
0: honestly. Miles, mm-hmm. very good post player, and is a big dude. Um, he's no slouch. And look at those clips, and look what mattered. They one of the shots got sent into the stands, and the other two were just great verticality contests. Like yes, he gets bumped off the spot initially, but it doesn't matter. He recovers. He's vertical. He knows how to leverage. Like. Chet knows he's not the strongest guy. Like, this is not new. He knows how to leverage when guys are backing down on them, letting them give a little bit to then contest and recover. Like, the thing with the Paolo play is, like, that was off the bounce. And Chet's already sliding back, and then Paolo dips his shoulder. So now we're talking about guys who are 6'9", 6'10", or maybe let's just say 6'8", good enough to have the ball skills strong enough to displace you and drop the shoulder and then have enough touch to finish around the rim where it's like an and one that's not a lot of guys and like one that's what makes paulo so special and two that's why that play is sort of an anomaly i'm looking at the other plays where they're just like everyone's like he's gonna get bullied in the post by mb like yeah MB gives a lot of guys trouble and will he give pop, uh, Chet, rookie Chet some trouble, sure, of course he will. But is that a reason why he can't play the five? I don't know. I fully think he can play the five at times. Um, to be honest, I think as long as he can continue to expand on offense and provide some like like his finishing around the room has been so impressive with the length and touch. Uh, he flashed a couple of those like short little turnaround jumpers while attacking closeouts. I think he can play five out like as the five and as a as like a half court lob threat. Um, His pick and roll defense is incredible. He can get to the level. He can play drop. But I think, as you're seeing with Evan Mobley, and I'm really glad that Evan Mobley came around a year earlier and you're going to see who learned things and who didn't, look at Evan Mobley and Jared Allen um, playing together, coexisting. And Chet shares a lot of those perimeter skills that Mobley Mobley has. Um, The processing isn't all there, but in terms of, the jumper, um, I think he's a better shooter than Mobley. The ball skills, I think he's a little bit behind. But, like, there are similar things there, and you can be used in a similar way. And I think you'll hear people say, well, if he's not going to play a five, that kills the entire appeal of him being a stretch five that protects the rim and you playing five out. And then my counter to that would be, well, one, he, as long as he's, like, obviously he was a little gun shy in that game, and that's going to need to change. But as long as he shoots it, he can play off the bounce, can attack closeouts, Look at what you're gaining on the defensive end with that guy as your roamer and secondary rim protector. That's absurd. Um, he's one of the best rim protectors, if not the best rim protector in college basketball right now. And his instincts, verticality, timing, all that stuff is gonna translate. And I just think you could be talking about like a potentially ridiculous front court if you're pairing him with a legit rim protector, or if you want to play him against an offensive minded center and have him cover up some holes in the back end. Like there are so many ways for him to impact the game on both ends. And I'm sorry if I'm like ranting a little bit. I just like, it's always, he's too skinny. He's gonna get bullied. And it's like, well, actually like, let's take a step back and look at what he can do. And it's a lot of good things really damn well that can give you a ton of versatility on both ends of the floor.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, And I think the way I just look at it, uh, to me, it's less about, is he a four, is he a five? And I just say, he's a front court player um yeah. i think you could even like argue okay maybe there's a chance where he plays the three like not even actually like being a three but you get my point like sometimes like again it's not perfect roster construction but the way that the Cavs have done if you have three guys who are seven feet tall playing you can kind of make it work for a stretch if you have Chet out there because he's been capable of doing it like just thinking outside the box with it sometimes you know um let's talk about the offense so you mentioned him being a little bit gun shy that's one of my only hangouts with him. I, I feel like he's somebody I want to see shoot, shoot, like not just take, you know, two or three a game. Um, he checked himself out of one. And I think he was in the corner and he had to be tried sidestepping to his right ended up getting uh, kind of boxed in the corner. Um, we've seen some stuff like that throughout the year so far. And again, like it's uh, part of it is to me, his release is a little bit slow. I mean, that that's what happens when you're so tall and you try and be a shooter um, and you have length like he does. Uh, but he's got to work on that and also just being a quicker decision maker and if he's going to take the shot um but you also mentioned the attack and closeoff and that has stood out like he had a like a, a little you know attack in dip in post fade on on mark williams and that was awesome like i want to see stuff like that the touches looked really good around the rim uh his second jump has been really impressive too in terms of just getting a putback um even if he misses on the first uh on the first attempt it feels like he's automatically coming back up with the ball and getting uh, an easy basket again. So I've been, I mean, like I feel like the offense has looked really good. He's had some solid passes too, nothing crazy, but um, I've been, yeah, I I think the offense has been encouraging for sure.
0: Yeah. And I don't really have worries about him, like his ability to shoot. Um, Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's been, I'm trying to pull up his FIBA numbers right now, but like, The form looks good when he gets it off. You did mention that it was a little bit slow. And I think that combined with the lack of decisiveness is, as you mentioned, a byproduct for him sort of being like, do I shoot this? Do I not shoot this? Um, He shot, he was seven of 13 from three in FIBA, obviously extremely small sample size, but like that's legit. Um, I want to see just, I don't know. Do you know what he's shooting from deep in college right now?
1: That is a great question that I'm going to look up really quick. He went two of four against UCLA um So he, all right. So
0: he's shooting 31 right now
1: yeah um, on, on two attempts, attempts just like as silver
0: 78 for the line i don't really have doubts if he's going to shoot it or not um i think the ability is there i just want to like you said get him up and like just gun him and gun him and gun him and i think like i'm not sure if it's like at gonzaga they're not really encouraging that i assume whichever nba team he plays for is going to tell him the same thing stretch the floor space them with volume make them close out um because that's kind of could that could be the whole driver between his offensive game honestly um as you mentioned the passing hasn't really been there yet um i threw up a clip of him handling a transition just completely missed a wide open straw third cutting with some tunnel vision um so i would like to see that improve but again the dude's 7-1 and like putting the ball on the ground like there's something to be said for that in the first place so i'm I'm kind of glad we could bring some nuance and like break down the individual facets of his game rather than just he's just skinny he needs to put on weight And it's like well does he and like if he doesn't he can still be incredibly good and so valuable so I'm still very in on Chet and I don't think that the Duke game was like the scare drawback that others are portraying it as
1: yeah no and I agree and I think the biggest thing too is just like talking about functional strength is how I felt about Jade McDaniels in the NBA like Jade McDaniels is clearly somebody who ideally puts on weight and is less undersized but also because of positioning and angling and and just his physicality, it doesn't matter as much. Um, and that's how I feel about Chet. I do think you can bring up questions about injuries, but also I think it's disingenuous to to make that a sticking point when none of us are physiologists or doctors who really know anything about that. So um, not to like totally dispel that. I do think it is a fair concern, but also I think it's been made out to be a little much. Um, let's talk about some of the other Gonzaga guys before we transition to the UCLA game. Uh, Andrew Nemhard's final line wasn't amazing against Gonzaga, but I thought he had a really damn good game. And I've just been impressed with him overall as a playmaker, especially in the pick and roll. Like he had a cross that sent Theo John into, yeah. into, like back to Marquette, frankly. Um, he's just been really impressive for me, man. I've really enjoyed him. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm going to end up with him or whatever. I mean, he's, uh, I think this is, what is this? His fourth year right now, but he's got good size. Um, I think a lot's just going to come down to how you feel about him as a shooter. And I, I feel solid about him as a shooter, but I, I mean, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed him. I don't know if you have any thoughts on him, but Julian Strother too. I mean, we can get into.
0: So um, I just want to talk about Nemhart a little bit, because he's been awesome. Super fun to watch. The passing has been great. The composure uh, he's running the show for Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. for someone that looked a little bit erratic when he came off the bench at times last year, that change in pace and composure has been awesome and he's acting as the true point guard and has looked like an nba guard at multiple time, at multiple occurrences um free throw rate do you want to give a guess as to what that is
1: oh man that is a great question it's probably low as shit right now um, Or we can
0: just do get how many total free throws he's attempted in seven games like seven seven on the bat. oh man um which is tough as a point guard. And Mm -hmm. I think that corroborates it. He's not getting to the rim as much. And when he does get to the rim, he's small, he's not very strong and he's below the rim. So when he does get to the rim, it puts a lot of pressure on these craft finishes and he's not getting fouled. And a lot of his offense is driven by this pull-up shooting, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. And the shot creation, he had a nasty step back um, in the Duke game as well. And he's looked much better as a creator, um, actually creating space and getting to his spots and making those shots. I'm very curious to monitor uh, where that stands. Is he, is he able to keep up the shot making? Does it take a dip? If so, how big is the dip? Because um, I think that ultimately is going to be his main avenue of scoring in the NBA. So, but yeah, he's been really good. Uh, just some concerns to monitor. And then Strother, Um, Strother has been really, really good for Gonzaga to start.
1: I think he's their second best prospect right now. Um, yeah, And... I mean, he's got an absolute strap. Like, he is shooting the, the the leather off the ball right now. I mean, 47% on five attempts per game right now, 60% on twos. I think, yeah, 66% true shooting. Uh, and what's most interesting about it is like very and it's i don't even mean this in a bad way like very little of it is self-created in the sense where it's coming off the dribble but like a lot of it is self-created in terms of how opportunistic he is in the offense how he sees the floor how he cuts how he relocates and moves off the ball um and that's stuff that like in, in looking at what his nba role could be in terms of just being a guy who comes off the bench or is you know playing wherever uh slotting in and being a fourth or fifth guy on offense will being i haven't really keyed into his defense i haven't seen anything that makes me think it's bad he's long he's got good size and i think he's decently athletic but um like he is a legit shooter like it is not just small sample size numbers uh like he just has fantastic touch like uh, even one or two dribble into a floater uh runners like he has just a very good scoring package around the rim
0: yeah similar to you i don't really have many thoughts on the defense like he doesn't have a high stealer block rate but obviously that's not even close to everything um mm-hmm. i didn't really know if he was a guy until the ucla game i was like yeah let's see like maybe it'd be something worth monitoring so i didn't i don't really have notes for him in the first couple games i watched for gonzaga and he's just been awesome i like love how you mentioned that it's not necessarily self-created but it kind of is self-created uh he's awesome as a relocator and a cutter just a great off-ball player um he's listed at six seven two oh five I think he probably looks every bit of his 205. I'm not sure if he's actually 6'7". i to like, pay a little bit more attention to that. But if he is, that's some pretty legit size um, for an off-ball player who can like, be your three and guard wings at the point of attack, assuming the lateral quickness isn't something of, that is terrible that we just haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, he's very interesting to me. Uh, I'm Again, the like, shoe numbers are absolutely insane right now, and we'll be curious to see if those keep up. But he, I, I can't really remember a time where I've been like, oh, Julian, you should have shot that. And, like, for an off-ball player who's going to fit into his role, I think that's probably one of the bigger things. Obviously, percentages have to be there uh, since he is going to be a shooter and he's going to be an off-ball player. But, yeah, he's been really good, man.
1: Yeah, no, I like him a lot. Uh, do you have – well, I I guess I don't really have a ton of thoughts. I just wish Rashear Bolton was taller um, because I don't really – I don't know if he's – like he, he's listed at six, three. That is generous. That is a very generous measurement. Um, He's fun, man. Like I like watching him play, but I don't, I just don't know if it's quite there. Um, Yeah.
0: I think he's a little bit too small.
1: Yeah. It's um cool. Again, we'll, we'll measure, we'll measure out as the year goes on and see how it looks. But right now that's, I agree. Do you have, just before we move on, do you have any thoughts on Nolan Hickman or Hunter Salas? Cause neither of them have really popped a ton for me yet. Like I, Nolan Hickman had a nice uh like wraparound pass against Gonzaga and I mean not that he plays for Gonzaga, against Duke, and that was like the only thing that really popped for me. Like there hasn't been anything crazy. Um
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think Hickman's starting to look more and more like a 2023 guy just based on sheer, sheer opportunity. Like it's very yeah. clear that Mark Few trust Bolton and Nemhard a lot. And when they aren't on the floor, is very, even when they are on the floor, is very content running the offense through Drew Timmy. And who can blame him for that? So I just don't know if there's a lot of opportunity for Hickman this year. Um, I expect a lot of roster turnover, and I think he'll have his time shot next year. Uh, he's doing Nolan Hickman things. Like he's, the shot has looked pretty good. Um, even his misses have been like pretty in and out from what I can recall anecdotally. You mentioned the good wraparound pass, he's played with good composure. Um, yeah, I just don't think he gets enough opportunity and pops enough to really get enough buzz for this year. But I mean, he's been good. Salas, I, I don't really have any thoughts on. He hasn't really popped to me. Um, Jerry's still pretty much out on him, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, we'll see. Like again, I, I agree with you. They both look a lot more like 2023 guys just based on opportunity. So we will see. Um, let's transition to UCLA game. Uh, this to me was the chat game. Uh, like Chet was insane in this game. Like obviously he was solid offensively, fifteen and six. Uh, ended up with four blocks. He did have a couple turnovers, but um, I think obviously it's not just the box score. But just look at Jaime his game, and I think that can be a pretty good indicator for what Chet did in that game. Uh, like this game was probably actually quite close if Chet doesn't play. Like Chet absolutely walled off the rim. And when you look at a team like UCLA that's already predicated on let's have a bunch of guys who are, you know, kind of uh, ISO killers or, or the ideas like that, um, without any real ability to get to the rim, they were just completely stonewalled. Uh, Chet was just, he was incredible, man. Like, I have to look back through my notes to look through specific stuff, but just in terms of looking on on surface, um, he was a big reason for Wagon Saga, absolutely dominated that game.
0: So I'm going to open the UCLA guys talk with a question for you that is completely looking ahead and irrational for me to even ask at this point in the cycle, how many UCLA guys would you take in the first round?
1: Well, I don't want to be fully out on Peyton Watson because he's another guy who like he's played a decent amount, but also he hasn't really had a featured role. He's been off the bench. He did have that – I think he had a 23-point game, but it was against like Bellarmine, so it's not anything um, that – that like I still need to watch that one, but in terms of seeing him I, play against full-on okay. competition, I don't – I don't I don't know. Um, I'm not the biggest Jaime Hawkes guy. Like I think maybe early second round for him. And if we're being honest, and I don't want to be entirely unfair, but I did not notice Johnny Juzang much in this game. Um, like I just felt like his presence wasn't really there. I don't think he had a great defensive game. He really struggled guarding smaller players, in my opinion. Um, and, again, that's not everything. Like, he's 6'7", he's 6'8". Six, six, he's a wing. You're not going to always ask him to guard guards. But he just did not have a very good game. Um, I, I mean, nobody on UCLA really did, if we're being completely honest. But, uh, yeah, my, my okay, that's my way of hedging and saying, I don't think I would take any of them in the first round right now, no.
0: I agree um for me the answer is zero right now and I don't want to be too harsh on Peyton but I watched the Bellarmine game um it was he hit two short pull-ups the ones he took against Gonzaga which I'm not really a fan of from a process standpoint and it was he had one in catch and shoot three in transition and the rest were open dunks and layups that were created by others so well yeah the box score game popped when you turn it was one of those games where like oh you're like oh i can't wait to dig into this game like Peyton finally put it together and then you you're done watching the film you're like damn like i I'm, i want a lot more like that didn't really satisfy what i was looking for and or like smooth over any of the doubts that i had coming into the game and what he showed um Peyton's point of attack defense has been great um i'll give him credit for there he's been very active he's hustling um he's moving well at six seven he's using his length other than that um the offense is
1: he was pretty added. lost offensively in the Gonzaga
0: game. Yeah, um, and the offense has been kind of an unmitigated disaster, to be honest. Um, the creation is just not there. The burst, the handle, the feel, knowing when to attack, knowing where to attack, it's, not, it's just not there yet. Um, the jumper, he's not getting all the way to the rim. When he, de- when he did get to the rim, he got slotted by Chet. Um, it's just a lot of these short pull-ups, which to me it's just not a good process, but that's what he's comfortable with right now, and it's clear. Um, I want to stay patient. I want to figure things out. As we know in our preseason pod, like this was going to be a tough spot. You had a low field wing who's just trying to get acclimated to finding his role, was operating on the ball in high school, and then was getting thrown into this team that has championship aspirations and returns basically everyone of meaning from last year. Um, that's tough. And, and I want to give him some leeway for that. But from what I've seen and all I can evaluate, which is the film that he's put forth, I don't know it just, it's not there yet for him.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, did you have any thoughts on Juzang or Hawkins?
0: So, I mean, I thought Hawkins really struggled um, against Gonzaga, really, really struggled. And I, and I think that's what you see. Um, Francis mentioned it during the group chat. Like this is what you see when Haquez can't overwhelm a strength. And I thought that was a great point and why this was such a good evaluation game is, not only the strength, he just struggled. Like, he couldn't beat. I mean, I have in my notes, like, he couldn't beat Timmy off the bounce. Um, I have it in, in my notes. Maybe just try to find Jaime Aquez. Yeah, like, he struggled to beat Timmy off the bounce. Nothing was easy in the paint. He would kind of drive, get walled off, settle for this, like, turnaround post. And it's like, I don't know. Like, he does really good things off the ball in defense. He's incredibly smart as a basketball player. You want to like his game. Um, but I think the shooting's really going to have to come around because. Slashing, flashing in which I thought could be his potential calling card, maybe um, if he was just going to be a tough downhill gritty finisher through contact who could play through everything at the rim. Uh, I think that definitely showed some of its limitations against even someone like True Timmy, um, who we just mentioned is not an NBA athlete by any means.
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, but I still am quite interested in him. and I'm, I'm, I'm interested oh, yeah, to thanks. see how the rest of things play out for him. Uh, obviously this is not going to be his role. He's kind of the guy for UCLA. In a, in a sense, in, in terms of what he's doing on ball, um, but yeah, Drew's a lot on where we're going to finish with him. Um,
0: I, but to end on like a yeah. more positive note with him though, because I do think there is something there if he does shoot and the player in the role we're looking at, instead of isoing from the mid post or isoing yeah. from the top of the key and just going straight line downhill, if he can like play through a jumper, which he has been shooting relatively well this year, last time I checked, if he can play through his jumper, attack close, like I trust him to make really good decisions. Um, operating against advantage. He's really smart. He had a good wraparound pass against uh, Gonzaga he makes great help side rotations on defense. Like if he can actually shoot it, I think that opens up a lot more for him. And then there's less pressure on his game off the bounce. And if the shot doesn't come around, that's when I start to get a little more bit more worried. If he's forced to play out of like standstill isolation, or is kind of going to need to provide on ball juice to make the whole thing make sense. That's when I lose a little, a little bit of my uh, enthusiasm with him.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, do you have any other thoughts on UCLA Zogger? Are you ready to move on to our next topic?
0: I mean, I think Juzang is what Juzang is. Uh, it's kind of the same old. I <laughs> have in my notes, same shit, just a different day. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's tough shots. It's all tough shots off the bounce. Um, maybe if he can be reworked in a different role in the NBA where he's more used, more of an off ball, nuclear shooter, off movement. Um, we'll have to see where his catch and shoot numbers net out. But he's a poor athlete. He's not going to offer you much at the rim as a slasher on offense. Um, The defense, as you mentioned, not really there. Um, Yeah, he's a tough shot maker. And I kind of wish there was something else there because some of his off-the-dribble shooting, especially in the mid-range, is nuts. Um, His ability to get to his pull-up whenever and hit tough shots is very impressive, and I will absolutely give him that. I'm just not sure how conducive it is to an NBA role and how impactful he can be.
1: Yeah, I still think he's going to get drafted. I mean, for sure. But uh,
0: I think I would. When would you draft him at some point in the second? I think I probably would, depending upon the else is out yeah. there.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's a second round guy, at least for right now. But again, like I agree, it's got to be okay. Are you going to take like 12 threes per 36? Because yep. you need to, because I just don't think that he's a good enough mid range shooter to take as much as he is. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, let's talk about Patrick Baldwin Jr because we haven't really talked about him since the first pod. And UW-Milwaukee played against Florida. He has been out for the last couple games now with a, a back strain. Um, hopefully he's okay. It seemed rather minor, and they're just being uh, preventative with it. Um, I mean, Milwaukee got absolutely hammered by, by Florida, I don't really think that's necessarily Pat's fault or anything. It's less about the game, more about let's talk about him as a prospect. Um, do you? I'll let you get started with this because I, I have a lot to say about Patrick Baldwin Jr.
0: I think you should start because I think <laughs> we're similar. Like I think we're pretty much. I don't want to say we're fully in lockstep because I don't. I haven't heard you flesh out all your thoughts, but I think some of our concerns are very similar. Yet I think I'm a little bit more willing to. I don't want to say stay patient because it's not the right word to like buy into him more still, despite these limitations. So I think I want to have you flesh out all your concerns. I'll see where I am. um, And then we can kind of circle back into how we evaluate that.
1: Well, I do want to start on the good, like obviously his shooting splits are really rough right now, but I think a lot of that is just, he is not, it's not that he's even getting bad looks. Like I think he has just struggled to make, he's only played four games. So I'm not really worried about it. I've seen him shoot the shit off the ball, uh, routinely. So I'm not worried about it. Um, I like his footwork is insanely good. Uh, there are not very many guys that I want to go see attack in the mid post. Um, that's been a lot of his offense. A lot of his offense has been get the ball at the elbow, clear out, let him go to work. And it honestly, to a degree gets good, good results. Like I do think he gets to the rim, um, he, he his, I mean, his post fade is ridiculously clean. Uh, I've been in, continually impressed with him as an athlete. Like, I wasn't entirely sure what to think of him as an athlete coming in. Uh, he definitely has grown an inch or two, it feels like. Like, I think he's 6'10 now, fully. Like, he looked massive against UF. Um, like he was taller. I think he was just about as tall as Colin Castleton and Colin Castleton is a definite six ten. Um, so and also, Colin Caston looked like David Robinson playing against <laughs> UW Milwaukee. Like there was no one who could contain him, um, but he's incredibly fluid. Uh, like he, there were were stages in FIBA. I don't know if you felt the same. Like in FIBA, to me, he looked a little bit like somebody who was still growing into his body, like not fully um, figuring out where they were athletically. And Pat just like truly looks like very uh, athletic for someone his size now. So that stood out. Um, the issue is just when when we look at, at how he's getting his opportunities right now and, and more like I like the process of how he's getting to things, but it's just the way that he's finishing has been a problem for me Um, and who he's going to be as a player. Like there are so many floaters that happen at the rim or just uh, like things that if you if would get into contact a little bit more and throw up a layup instead of some of the runners and floaters that he's taking – Um, Can I interrupt
0: you for one quick second? Just because I'm literally laughing out loud right now. Have you ever seen a six ten forward with more craft finishes in their bag than Pat Baldwin Jr.? <laughs> no. Like single leg scoops, Euro step inside and finishes. Um, I'm just like, dude, just go. You're seven, you're six ten, like just go lay the ball up. <laughs> like exactly. So I just I think that was I wanted to interject that funny question, but continue because you're absolutely on the right track.
1: No, I mean they exactly, man. Like he is just making things so hard on himself right now and how he's attacking. Um and it's a lot of too, it's not like uh like okay, lean into somebody and then you know, step back into a banker. Like it's okay, I'm going to use my offhand to to throw up a scoop layup. But it's like, no, like why? Your defender's six six. Like this doesn't make sense. Um, so that's been a lot of his misses for me. It hasn't been the defense forcing him into anything, it's been a lot of him forcing himself into tough things. And that just kind of leaks out until the rest of his game too in a way that i think is maybe a little bit lower on him frankly like i looked at him coming to this year as a top five pick because i i mean he is that level of shooter and i have not been discouraged from that at all like i still believe in him as like somebody who like i said on a podcast a week or two ago i think he's going to be one of the top 10 shooters in the nba by the time his rookie deal is over like that seems realistic to me uh based on on prior track record but like, defensively, he is in the right place. He will dig. He will make the right play. The But then the second that the ball goes up, it is a problem. Like, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Uh, I think it was – it might have been Flanders Fleming for uh, Florida. Absolutely elite basketball name. Um, he's like 6'5", 240 or something like that and was Pat's primary defensive – I mean, matchup uh, that, that he was defending. Um, and he – just absolutely eviscerated him on the glass multiple times. Like Pat is terrible at finding a body, even if he does, like he'll try to, but then he won't make contact or won't fully make contact. It's just little things like that. Like uh, he's about as bad of a screener as Evan Mobley right now, which is rough, especially for somebody like, I look at it too. Like, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, who cares? You know, he's just, it's screening. Yes, but also for who I think Patrick Baldwin Jr., is ideally going to be in the NBA, like he needs to be a solid screener, at least like if you're going to use him in a million ways as a shooter and use his gravity to the best of his advantage, like he needs to at least set a decent screen to, to, you know, like getting some sort of separation for a ball handler in order to kind of create confusion in a defense. That's important. Um, so, yeah, I think you see a lot come through in terms of, I, I don't, I'm not going to be that guy who's like, Oh, Patrick ball Jr. sock. Cause I hate that. I don't think that at all, but there is definitely uh, a kind of lacking in physicality from him that you want to see a lot more of because it has left something to be desired for sure.
0: So what do you think um, his ideal role is on both ends of the floor in the NBA?
1: I mean, I think ideally, uh, defensively, he's somebody playing as the low man a lot because I do think there is – like he has shown some help side room protection to a degree – which I, I think that was one of the positives I did have from the, from the UF game. Um, I like that. I think that's a positive. Um, and he's his closeouts need to be better for sure. Like I think that was a, a something I noted a lot. But that's something that you know just due to his size and, and length and ability to get back out. Like I'm not super worried about it. But I think that's his best position. Like okay, if you're you're defending as the low man providing help, that's probably his best spot in the NBA. He can guard on ball, but it's better if he's off ball. Um, On offense, I think he's your second or like he could maybe be the top scorer on an offense, but ideally he's not really creating that much for you. Like maybe he's, um, kind of your second or third, uh, probably not third, but like your second option on offense, like somebody who is, um, being used more as, uh, you know, like if, if he's creating anything, it's off of an advantage that's already happening, um, because I do think like he's a smart enough player or, or like he sees the floor well enough, attacks quickly enough that that's how I view him as somebody who can definitely attack off of off of an advantage that's already created. Because while he does, like he has shown the self-creation flashes and ability, I think a lot more of it is, okay, well, I think you're going to be a lot better as somebody who's attacking off of an advantage that's already created. But uh, do you disagree or where are you at with that?
0: So, I'm gonna counter with one last question before I kind of flesh out all my thoughts. Yeah. Do you think PBJ could return top five value if he had if, like let's just say out of your starting five, your main guys, if he had the third highest usage rate on an offense, do you think he could return top five value?
1: That's a good question. I don't it, like I I'm not trying to like. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, you're good. I'm not trying to, like, totally eradicate him from top five or anything, but, like, I just know off the top of my head right now, he would not be in my top five. Like, I think it's possible that he could. Um, but also, I just don't know that – like, I don't know. Because I do wonder a little bit what the process – like, he is shooting, but I actually feel like he could be taking more three seniors. He's taking six a game right now. I think he should be taking nine or ten, frankly. Like, he is – Part of it is tough because he is getting run off the line a little bit, but also how many 610 players does he actually face? Like, I want to see him take more contested threes um, because he has the high release. He has the ability. Uh, He is taking stuff off movement, which I've liked. Like, they're setting a lot of flare screens for him. Um, But I want to see less of the mid-post touches, more of, okay, can you create from the perimeter coming off of an action into something? Part of it's tough, though, because... That team is like very bereft of any advantage creation outside of him, I think is a kind of way to put it. Um, Maybe we'll see more in the Horizon League games, but so far, not a ton. Um, Again, it's not like I'm out on him or anything by any means. Part of it's probably my own fault for how high my expectations were for him coming into the year. Um, But yeah, that's where I am at right now.
0: So the only reason I asked the question with like the quote unquote third usage rate is cause we both agree like he's probably pushing six ten right now. So to in, to me, if he's pushing six ten, he's capable shooting off movement, he has a ridiculously high release point, he has shot versatility. And we both like if you have problems with like the shooting like his actual ability to shoot it, that's a different question. We're both like are pretty in on him being a big time shooter. That guy doesn't, in my opinion, at least, that guy doesn't need to be on the ball that much to return value um, at 6'10". And that's kind of the benefit of Pat being 6'10", when you compare him to someone like Houston or Christie, who are 6'5", 6'6". He's 6'10", and he's a 4. He can play the low man. We trust him on defense to make rotations um, I had in my notes that he got like back cut a couple of times and just like got called ball watching, but those are more anomalies. He's been sound. He can dig. He can rotate towards the rim. He can get vertical. Um, I don't think he's like a rim protector, but he's a sound team defender. So, like, the defense as a four is fine. I trust him to like do, it's like play drop in the second side, pick and roll. And like, he is like good, hit, like, no, he's like good spatial awareness, like when to drop, when to pressure a little bit, as we saw in FIBA. With the offense, um, I completely agree with you. I'd love to see him get more threes up and he offers you nothing at the rim right now um that's why I kind of interjected dude you're 6'10 you're huge stop doing goofy like scoops like that's for Tyrese Hunter who's six feet tall not you put your shoulder down get in like get an animal opportunity get to the free throw line or finish through contact like that's just the process stuff and like he's so finesse it's like funny to watch sometimes like he'll see a double turn around dirt fade away like and it's an air ball um like at any site of contact, he's gonna shy away, and that absolutely hinders his on-ball stuff. He had I threw up a clip against Braxton Beverly, who is listed at six feet or five eleven. He might be five. He might as well be like five ten or five nine. And he was just sliding with Pat. Someone like had to dig at the nail against him, and Pat sent him to a floater against Pat Beverly. Like that needs to be tuck at the, like tuck at the nail, come to a jump stop and put Patrick like put Braxton Beverly in the rim. You you have a foot on him like use your size and he's a 6'10 guy that plays like he's 6'4 but again he's still 6'10 so I'm not sure that it matters because even if and like I have in my notes he completely got dictated by um, the offense and I think that's what you were getting at maybe in just a different phrasing like when he takes two dribbles in the defense is completely dictating where he wants to go. But as you mentioned, his footwork is incredible. Some of these side steps and backs that he's able to get to with the high release point, it doesn't necessarily matter that he can't get to where he wants to go or he can't create an open look or he can't create space because if he's that level of shooter and he's 6'10", I think as your third creator, he can, especially if you're going to run him off pin downs and, and things like of that nature, we're going to get him in moving. We're going to get him in space. The defense is going to be either hope, like ideally in a lock and trail situation I think you can get to some of his spots when you're going to iso him and like he's put in standstill against a set defense. It's a, it's a disaster. Like there's no way around it. He doesn't create any space, and if he's not going to, it's going to be a tough shot. And it's either he makes it or he misses it. Um, he's not going to create easy looks at the rim. There is a ton of floaters, not enough. Like let me put you in the rim. I'm six ten. Everything is like a single like a, a scoop finish. It's, it's genuinely hilarious his um shot profile in the paint. Like. Crap finishes and floaters, not 6'10", put you in the post and put you through the rim. But does it really matter would be my point. Um, if he's going to be good on defense, as we we're both agree, and if the shot's there, I think he could provide enough value, especially off the bounce when we're talking about getting to these like one to two drill pull-ups. He's taken and made off the dribble threes. Like I trust him to maybe operate a pick and roll here and there. The passing has been good um, out of pick and roll forced a couple of reads when he's got like into the paint a couple times but i trust him to make decisions and it's like man i don't want to i don't want to like pigeonhole him into by the things he can't do because he's forced into doing these things because milwaukee's guards are just absolute garbage um i think this has completely showed his limitations in terms of what he can't do and he's not going to get you efficient self-created offense it's not going to happen he's not going to get good looks at the rim he's not going so to get the free throw line but ultimately i too think he could still provide value without those things
1: so all right well my only issue would be um i do think it's just in terms of like what you're talking about with the ceiling like I, it's not like it's totally gone but um is that going to come along in his game at all like do you envision him yeah. being somebody who's like okay i'm going to be physical now I I do think there's a real question with that, because to me, like when I look at him, like, okay, if you have that size and you add on a little bit more because that's something that you can envision with him, like he's actually gotten to the line a decent amount. But I think a lot of it's just been because he's long and he's able to get get guys to foul him. Um, I I, I don't know, like it does definitely change things up for me, because in terms of looking at like somebody who's going to attack the way that he could out of out of pick and roll, like, you know, if he's coming off of the second side in the pick and roll or um, just the way that he could bend defenses with the shooting. And from there, it, it does definitely bring questions to me. OK, is he going to step in and take a pull up, too, instead of you know getting to the rim when he's an opportunity? So I, I don't know. Like that has definitely lowered things for me a little bit. Um, like I said, again, I still think he's an incredible, incredible talent. But it, does, it definitely has changed how I, how I view his ceiling a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think it would be a little ill-advised to like bet on a wiring shift. It, yeah. I, I don't know what bump he would have to like participate in or who, what coach would have to get through his head. Like, oh, I'm going to lean into being 6'10 now. Like, he's always been huge. And this was a thing, even when he was playing against local Wisconsin high school kids, like, still taking tough mid-range pull-ups. Like, it's been the same, Pat. Um so I'd be hard pressed to kind of imagine it, or, or bet on. Um, obviously, anything could happen. But even being higher on him, I'm not going to bet on a wiring shift. It's more of I think he can still be, let's say, the second most valuable player on your offense, even if he's not, even if he doesn't have the second most on-ball usage. Like if that makes sense. Like uh, if if he's going to be deployed as a shooter, and the movement shooting is what we think it can be. Um, he's six ten and the release is as untouchable as we think it can be. And has shown to be in college so far. So that's just kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I completely agree. And obviously the wiring and just complete contact aversion, like it hurts him. As you mentioned, the rebounding, it's completely non-existent. Like watching him rebound is miserable. Um, Defense, he can shy away from contact at times. I would love to see him as like operate in the mid post and just like initiate contact and rise up. He doesn't want to initiate contact. So like, this isn't just like, oh, he's not the on-ball creator. We thought he could be like, this bleeds into other parts of his game as well. My thing is, at the end of the day, I think the other stuff might just be good enough um, that, that it doesn't matter. And I, I'm, his shot profile is never going to be the most efficient. He's never going to get to the rim a lot. And when he does get to the rim, like I expect him to have some trouble finishing if he's uh, like against NBA rim protectors. But he just might be that good of a shooter. And obviously it's putting a lot of pressure on making tough shots, but a lot of the NBA's best players make a lot of tough shots. And I don't want to discount that possibility with PBJ.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, well, I guess we can move on to our next segment. Um, I know we want to talk about the Hall of Fame games. So looking at Jay mm-hmm. Ivy and Kennedy Chandler, uh can we start with Purdue and Jay Ivy? Because yeah. I do think uh, you know, we were I don't remember where we got asked. I think it was in the group chat again, asked, you know, like who are the most talented teams in college basketball. Um, or the best teams in college basketball. I mean, I think Baylor has been right up there, but Purdue, man, like, I, I I mean, Duke probably took the top crown after beating Gonzaga. So it's like Duke, Zaga, Baylor. But Purdue is so close, man. Like, Purdue is insanely good. I think they still have the best offensive rating in college basketball right now. Uh, it's like a 130 right around there, which is absolutely nuts. Um, like, just to for background, like, Zach Eadie has been – awesome like just obviously not in terms of an NBA prospect like I'm sure that conversation will come up at some point but uh he just warps the defense with his ability like he actually does have pretty damn good movement skills for somebody his size that's good touch like it's been incredible in what he does to set things up for their offense uh Jaden Ivey has been like close to national player of the year caliber like he's been in that conversation with like Wendell Moore and Ochai um where do you want to start with him? Because he had himself a weekend or weekend, geez, holiday week, whatever you whatever you want to
0: call it. So I think you want to start with the half court stuff with Ivy. Cause I think the transition stuff is like self-explanatory really yeah. fast. And the transition passing has absolutely been there, which is awesome. I think his best passes have been thrown in transition. Um, being able to manipulate the defense and draw them all in with his speed and then spraying that out to shooters. Like I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I think the half court stuff is where it kind of, Gets a little blurrier, and I think mm. you'll see a more wide array of opinions. Um, you want to start with Ivy with the half court, so
1: yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of looking at his half court, I mean, you, you make a great point. Like, j- there just isn't a lot that happens for him in the half court. Um, like, is he a standstill creator in your mind? Like, can he stand still create?
0: I think there's something there, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm more worried about what he does when he gets past. Or only has a half step on his primary defender and when he gets, i'm i'm more worried about him at the second level i think his process at the second level can be worrisome at times he'll like unnecessarily create contact he picks up his dribble one dribble too early plenty of times he has some finishing craft like we saw some ridiculous goofy like stuff um in the indiana state game earlier this year i think but um again some of the freshman year issues were very present in the championship game against villanova um where he was getting a l- walled off a little bit and just throwing himself into contact so i have, think there is standstill creation upside for sure with the burst the stop start the handle the shiftiness it's all there um i think he's still learning how to like polish it and make it like worthwhile in the half court every single time down but i absolutely think there's upside there as a creator um the finishing is a little bit more worrisome in his process there But I do think he has potential to be a standstill creator.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, It's kind of interesting because, I mean, would you say we really see him in pick and roll that much? Because I don't know. Not at all. We don't. Like a lot of it's either coming standstill or he's just catching the ball on the wing and going. Um, And that's when I feel the best about him. Like when he gets the ball on the wing and cuts inside or drives, just slashes inside. Like I think that's where we're seeing the best stuff from him. Um, He feels a lot like kind of a zonal passer. Like anything you can see in front of him, he's good at hitting. Any of the stuff where it's he has to look to his side, not as much. Um, in terms of, like, okay, so when you're talking about the finishing, though, where are you at with, with him as a finisher? Because I just to, to flesh out what you're saying.
0: So it's tough. I mean, I don't. I haven't looked at the percentages. And obviously, he's a freak athlete with, like, tons of bursts and can play above the rim. My concerns come with the lack of counters or just ability to play with someone on his hip. Um, I think it's what something we saw in his freshman year a little bit in the film I was going back during the preseason and there were a couple possessions against nova where he's just married to the straight line drive when there's nothing there and it's just like kick it out and move um just because you drove doesn't mean you have to attempt a shot and try to finish and i think i've been a little bit turned off by his process there um just being a little bit you know close-minded i would say it's probably the word to describe it where he makes up his mind that he's going to get downhill and despite not really having an angle or and, and doesn't the thing that kind of um Drives me a little crazy. He's like, he doesn't try to create an angle. It's like, I know there's nothing there, but like, I'm gonna try it anyways. And you know that stuff doesn't really bode well for him right now. And I think it can be fixable down the line, especially with what he's shown when he does actually get all the way to the rim with some of these scoop and finishes and inside hand reverses. But right now, it's just not fully there on like a consistent basis. Um, so that's what I'll say about the finishing. I just I'm a little bit worried about. It's more about his process as a driver and like the counters and seeing things rather than his ability as a finisher. Like, I think he'll be fine as a finisher. Um, I'm just a little bit more worried about the process right now of him getting to the rim and recognizing when he has an opportunity and when he doesn't.
1: Well, yeah, I think a great way to to look at it is it was just kind of a tale of two games for him. Like, it's not like he was bad in the Villanova game, but he was amazing against UNC. I mean, 22, 10, and 6, and shot incredibly well from three. Well, he actually shot well from three in both games. Uh, But six of 11 from two against Purdue, one of five from two against Villanova. And I feel like part of that was obviously Villanova plays a little bit smaller, more wings. Um, UNC, like he was like he essentially in some ways played Armando Baycott off the floor. Like any time that he got an opportunity to attack, he was taking it. No one could stick in front of him. Part of I mean, in a way, that's more of an indictment of UNC. But I think. You look at that and it's just a better showing against Villanova. Like you have three or four guys who are like NBA level-ish defenders with Jermaine Samuels, Brandon Slater, uh, Justin Moore. Um, I do think he struggled with that length. And like you're saying, um, when there are less opportunities for him to attack and transition, the full full stop, I mean, all full full go, no stop is like it just doesn't quite work for him in the same way. Um I think that's something that I want to see a lot more throughout the year, especially during Big Ten play. When, uh, especially, like, I mean, with a lot of the teams that we've watched play, they are going to want to grind it out and play slower. Like, okay, when you're playing Rutgers in February, um, not that that's like an incredibly difficult matchup, but they're going to play slower. They're going to try and force you to slow down. Uh, what does this look like against Illinois, who has pretty good size in the front court and, and is going to contest the shit out of you? Um, what does this look like against Michigan, who has a lot of guys on the wing who are going to be able to stick with you and force you into tougher things? Like, how is he able to to start processing things differently in the half court instead of, you know, like we he obviously has that burst and explosiveness, but it doesn't mean that much if you – well, I shouldn't say it doesn't mean much, but it's not going to mean a ton until you can consistently find pacing that's going to throw off the defense instead of just going at the rim all the time
0: yep exactly and i i do want to brush over the shooting like a little bit and then one last thing before we moved on from him. like i do trust the shooting his lower body can be a little bit inconsistent his yeah. feet i don't know if you've noticed that no i um, didn't notice that yeah like sometimes they'll flare out sometimes they'll kick one in front one behind the other i'm just kind of inconsistent and, and he's a
1: relatively cool. set shooter too like he does yep. not get a lot of pop off the off the floor yeah
0: not a ton of elevation for sure so, but I do believe in that. I don't know if I'm like all the way on it, ready to just like disregard all the freshman year numbers. I don't think it's like a hindrance to him right now. I'd like to see more of them get up. I'd like to see the lower base get a little bit more consistent and the percentages stay relatively good. I think they're pretty good right now. But um, yeah,
1: she's 37.5% like right now.
0: Perfectly cool with that. Like if you end the season there on good volume um, and as long as the lower body stuff can get cleaned up relatively, like I'm cool with that. I do want to just, um, hit on the last things I really like that you mentioned his ability to attack off the catch um he's, his first step is still there even without the ball in his hands and he had a nasty like snatch back off a dribble handoff where he just like snatches snatch kill one back without even taking a dribble forward and then he had another one the Villanova game he ended up picking up a charge which I think can be a, sort of attributed to that process at the second level which we talked about but he got a kick out and just like jab cross right off the kick out and just instantly blew by his man um, and gained a full step and um, i would have loved him to like kind of jump come to a jump stop take a floater um, kind of just barrel his way toward the rim but like i don't want to discount his ability to just instantly crack into the defense uh, right off the catch and not even a hard closeout it was like a regular closeout so i do think while there is a uh, standstill creation upside there i also do like his ability to attack off the ball
1: yeah no i agree and and last thing i would say too that we didn't hit on, like he's going to get to the line a lot. He has already Um, like that, that part is good. Like his physicality at the rim and just what he's going to be able to do in terms of forcing a defense to pay attention to him is good, but it's just building off of that. Um, You want to talk about Kennedy now?
0: Yeah. Let's talk Kennedy. I think um, Kennedy's two games were very telling to me. Um, So Kennedy struggled um, the first game. they, They played Villanova the first game, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was Villanova first, and then USC Villanova. second.
0: So like, so all of Tennessee kind of struggled against that. Kennedy was one for nine. Um, but it was an interesting one for nine. I would say he missed a couple of easy ones around the rim. I think for him, yeah. but then the majority that was like maybe one or two. The majority of his finishes. The overarching thing for me was how tough everything in the rim at the rim is for him. Um, he's small. And while he can get up, um, he's very small, um, and the m- majority of these finishes are just really, really difficult. And I think the one for nine was less about his like he wasn't like getting bottled, and like he was relatively he was getting to the paint relatively easily, I thought, um, and still doing Kenny Chandler's things. I just thought the rim attempts, the rim attempts were um, rather difficult, and I think that showed in the box score. Yeah, you can say he would usually finish those in other games and he'll like that's an outlier bad performance finishing but it is a testament to how difficult everything is on an every game basis for a small guard um which is why i think the shooting was really gonna have to come out for him um i think it's cooled off a little bit since he came out scorching um and i think that is definitely going to be something we can monitor but i thought he was a lot better against North Carolina against Villanova. I didn't think he played with much pace. I think, I didn't think there was much pick and roll craft. And I saw, I think you're we're going to be in agreement to this because I saw that you threw up some clips from the North Carolina game. I thought, in, I mean, in the first half as well, I thought he kind of struggled and, you know, he got deterred from the rim, forced the turnovers, um, just like the size limitations were bothered him. They like, bothered him a lot more than they did against the majors. But in the second half, I thought he really played with some pace. Um, was able to leverage from in between game. I like the floater. I think he settles for it a little bit too much. Um, and I think it's it relies on it too much, but I did like to see him playing with some pace. And I thought the pick and roll passing second half was really good in the um, second game.
1: Yeah. I thought his passing in, in the UNC game was tremendous. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about him uh like you're mentioning with the shooting, it's interesting because I've liked his process a lot and in, in where he's trying to get as a shooter because he's done a very good job of uh, – I, I don't necessarily think it's just like him wanting to give up the offense. I think part of it is probably how Rick Barnes has it drawn up. But a lot of it is, okay, he's going to bring the ball up court, get it to somebody, and then he runs off screens like crazy. I've loved that about his game. Um, one of the things that is a problem, though – He is definitely close to being a set shooter, and he is so short for somebody who's going to shoot like that. I think we've seen a lot of him having issues trying to get a shot off. Um, Like, is the release going to be able to quicken for him to take more? Because right now I think he's taking, like, just under four a game, something like that. Uh, And, he like, the shot is clean. It's good. But, like, you see a lot of times he'll have to check out, and he'll throw the ball back to, uh, like, a post hub or whoever is coming to screen for him and get that for a shot again, which is good. But also, I think when you're looking at the NBA and the way that guys are going to be able to close out on him, I do wonder how much he's going to be able to get a shot off. Because, um, like, and again, it's not like a one-to-one comp or anything like that, but I think a lot of it is in me looking at Darius Garland the way that he's developed in the NBA right now. Part of what makes Darius such a good shooter, A, is the range that able, he's able to take them from, but also the quickness he gets it off. Um, yep. Kennedy's not there yet. And I think that's going to be big for him because like we're talking about a guy who's going to be a below the rim finisher for most of the most of the most of the time. I have liked some of the floaters he's gotten to, like especially in the UNC game. I thought he was really good with that. Um, And you can even say like I would say Kennedy's better at getting to the paint than Darius Garland is for sure. Like especially in terms of the process of where he's trying to get there. I like it, but I agree with you. Like I need to see him attempt some more stuff at the rim that is. Like a little bit less cautious. Like the floater is going to be huge for him in terms of how it develops and what it looks like. But, um, like his interior passing in that in that that UNC game was fantastic. Yep. Um, I have been really impressed with him. I just yeah, I, I want to see a lot more of how he starts to to look throughout SEC play too because they don't have. I don't think they have too crazy of matchups coming up. I think they. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they play Purdue coming up actually, but. Um, yeah, it'll be a lot of kind of seeing how he adjusts and, and how he continues to play against other teams.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to sound hypocritical because like leading up to this cycle, I was like, I need to see Kenny take the floater. He's small. I need to see him work in the floater. And I like that he's getting to it. Um, I don't know if you remember this play though. He There was a high ball screen and he completely got a step on his defender. And it was him versus Baycott, one versus like one-on-one, him versus the drop big. And he slows up to put the defender on his hip and like, get him in jail and then settles for a floater and it airballed short. And like, it's less about take less floaters. And I just want us to know, like know when to take it Um, only rely on it when you have to, if you can get to the rim, get to the rim. Um, And in that case, he had a full step was coming downhill as an explosive guard athlete and extremely fast, like go straight at the And that process, it um, was a little worrisome to me, kind of bringing your defender back into the play for no reason, just because that's like, it's obviously a rep that every point guard is practiced. Get downhill, slow up, get your def- put your defender in jail, leverage the big and get your floater. Like, And it just looked a little too learned for me rather than playing on the fly and u- utilizing this when I need to. Um, I don't want to sound too nitpicky off of one play, but I do think that is something that reared its head, um, especially in the Villanova game first, um, just being a little bit too set on like, hey, I'm going to take this floater right here. Like if I see this, I'm going to take it. Um, rather than only going to it when you need to but again um i just do want to hold six foot guards to a high standard because he's very good um but i do think he needs to shoot and i'd love to see some more stuff at the rim the passing has been great though and one thing i do want to give him a ton of credit for his hands are insane on defense um his ability to poke the ball loose and help he's just it just always seems like he just comes out of nowhere and pokes the ball free um always all ball i haven't really seen him get called for like a reach in on any of these like digs or swipes um he has some ridiculous hands for a guard on defense
1: yeah no and he's pretty active too like he's obviously gonna have issues mm-hmm. being a smaller guard but i like his activity for sure so let's talk about some of the unc nova guys we got to see them play a bunch um who do you want to start off with
0: um i want to talk about Brent slater <laughs> who is um dmv buys his side has finally grown to the player that and prospect that I always thought he could be. Watching him in high school, um, in high school he was just extremely active. He was a big time shooter. Obviously struggled off the bounce and then getting to the rim, but big time shooter who could get it off the catch or the bounce with range. Um, and was a good defender. And then Nova, is kind of didn't really play much in the first two years at all. Worked his way into a role last year as like their wing wing stopper defender, and the offense has taken a leap this year. And he looks like a real prospect to me. Um, he's shooting with a ton of confidence. The mechanics are very fluid. He's even flashing stuff off the bounce. Like he had a nice step back out of pick and roll in one of their games this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, he just looks like a real prospect. He's very, I'll say, like limited off the bounce, especially when you get to his right hand. As far as finishing goes, very left-hand dominant, but can finish through contact at times. But if he's going to shoot it like he has, especially off like one or two dribble pull-ups and play defense, because defense is incredible. Um, he's very physical at the point of attack. Has added a ton to his frame over the years and off the ball is just very impactful on the second side. Rim protectors, great on rotations, um, very um, disruptive in digs at the nail and things like that. Um, yeah, I, just, he's blown me away to start the year. And it's kind of cool to see him come to fruition as a player that I always hoped you could be watching him in high school and AAU.
1: Yeah, I didn't really take any notes on him, but he definitely was noticeable in games. Uh, like like you mentioned, I, I just saw his his shooting splits headed into one of the games. I was like, holy shit. Like, okay. I mean, like right now, 72, 58, 95. Like, that's that's pretty insane. Obviously, that's not going to hold up. But he's, like you mentioned, he's got the frame. The handle has been there a little bit. Um, I'm interested to track him and all of more in-depth thoughts moving forward. But he definitely was somebody to, to, to notice. Justin Moore popped for me a lot, too. Um, I thought he had some solid playmaking that stood out. Uh, the shooting, obviously, like he is a hell of a shooter, and I thought he had some, some good defensive moments as well. Um, I mean, he's absolutely gunning right now, 48% from three on six a game. Like as infuriating as Villanova is to watch sometimes because a lot of it is – like especially watching the, the Tennessee game, it was a lot of, okay – we're going to post up Colin Gillespie on Kennedy Chandler because we don't think you can defend him in the post. And that was true. But it was also like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to watch Colin Gillespie post six times in a row. Um, but it is also awesome seeing them just like absolutely take teams apart. Like they are such a fun team to watch and um, how they play. Do you have any thoughts on Jermaine Samuels? Because I did think he, uh, it, to a lesser degree, brings some of the same things as Morgan and Slater.
0: Not really, honestly. I think he's a little bit too undersized to me for mm-hmm. the role that he'd like to play. Um, him shooting it, it is helpful, but I don't really have many thoughts on him.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so any UNC guys? No. No, that's Not that's fair. Mind. We will definitely talk about some <laughs> at a future point. Um, let's spend a couple minutes talking about some of the Battle for Atlantis guys. Uh, let's start with Max Christie. Uh, where are you at with Max Christie this year since we last talked about him?
0: So... I'm into christy um the shot hasn't been falling but it looks ridiculous it looks so smooth I'm, I'm very into his mechanics but what i've been impressed has been able to show everything else without the shot falling um he's m- much improved in point of attack on defense to the point where it's been like good um compared to the game against kansas where it was pretty it was pretty disastrous honestly um the screen now like his just his movement has gotten better he's more active his closeouts are better. Um, and on offense, I, and the team defense is good as well. Um, he's been very sound as like an off-ball guard or smaller wing all year. And he's on the offensive side. Um, he's been really good as a passer. I like him a lot as a decision maker. Um, like had a really good cross court skip in the other game, um, and just makes really good decisions. Um, hasn't been forcing the issue with his jumper again. Like the jumper is going to need to fall for him to for me to get as high as I want to on him just because of the majority of his offense is going to be either catch and shoot movement shooting or like one to two drill pull-ups, but it, it all looks really smooth he's, and he's just missing good shots. Like he's not really getting bottled up that often um, other than like late in the shot clock against Jordan Hawkins who will brush over really quickly. Um, he's just missing good shots that I think will fall. Um, Obviously you're going to need to monitor that and they're going to need to fall eventually, but I still remain pretty high on him.
1: I'm not going to lie. I've fallen a little bit on max. Um, I did not uh so my issue with him, like like you're mentioning, I do think he has had some nice moments in pick and roll. I have liked some of his stuff as a playmaker. He's honestly really good at like if he's in the corner and somebody's pressed up on him, he's good at making a skip pass across the across the defense. Like he makes some tougher passes. I've liked that. I do think in pick and roll, like a lot of it's gonna be I want to see more from him, but he makes passes a little bit late, especially in terms of hitting the hitting the roller. Um So I want to see more from that. And I also just want to see him get more reps on the ball because we really have not seen much of that. We saw more of it during this tournament, but it just hasn't been there a lot. I have gotten a little bit lower on him as a shooter. Um, He really is struggling with contests right now. Like he, uh, and I think for the kind of player that he wants to be, he has to be a guy who's going to at least take contested shots without having his shot form completely change. Because I think in watching, uh, especially the UConn game, like, Jordan Hawkins was all over him and Andre Jackson too. He really struggled with his physicality on both ends. Um, And I think you saw like his shot form was changing as soon as someone was getting up in his grill and like to a degree, yes, that's going to happen. But also like he, he just was really struggling to get his shot off. I also have just gotten, uh, been not very impressed with him as an off ball mover in all honesty.
0: I I know. I disagree with you there. You disagree. Yeah. Uh, I like his relocations and I think he's, smart and timely there so that's a I think so disagreement like yes
1: I think I would say like he's smart as a mover and he can make good cuts but also he's not that fast and I think that has been a problem for him like in terms of getting actual separation part of it is I don't think Michigan State has great screeners um, but also like I mean there are just times where you're like okay if, if he sells his move a little bit more like he doesn't always sell his moves and I, that's something I want to see more in an off-ball player. Um, it's part of the reason I love the guy like James Booknight. Like if you're going to be an off ball player like that, you need to set up your moves and you need to be, um, like so quick into getting into your stuff. And he has, he isn't there for me yet. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be like crazy, crazy unfair to him, but, um, I do agree with most of what you said, but just in terms of what I view his role as more of an off ball player, I want to see more of that from him.
0: Um, you want to talk Hawkins real quick before we yes. get out of here because yeah. he kind of he hurt the first couple games, uh, finally started playing the shooting stroke is pretty good looking um, and offers a good amount of versatility you flash the pull-ups um, just i loved how active he was at the point of attack used, utilizing that length um, for an off guard uh, he's a pretty good athlete I, i'm looking to see more like off the dribble stuff he was a little out of control in like a drive and transition um, i think he'll settle into that as the season goes on um but the shot creation the athleticism and the defense really popped for me in atlantis
1: yeah, no, Jordan Hawkins looks awesome, man. I, I'm ready to see more from him, but the defense was was just like that. That popped immediately. Um, last thing I would hit too, Gabe Brown really popped for me. The shooting's been really awesome. He's doing stuff attacking off the bounce. I still don't believe in his handle, but we'll see, man. And he's definitely <laughs> someone to keep note on. Uh, Jake, I know you gotta get to get, get out of here and catch a flight. Uh, we will be doing one of these soon, probably on Wednesday. We'll talk more on it. But I appreciate you, man. To everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us over on Twitter at tag of the roll. Drop us a rating and review over our Podcasts. Most importantly, have a good rest of your day.